to Ghoulish Tendencies. I'm Kim, a paranormal investigator who delves into the depths of the famous and not-so-famous cases of murder, ghosts, legends, and lore with a healthy dose of debunking. And I already know what you're going to say. Kim, there's two of you. Kim, where is Gabby? My friends, I am afraid after two and a half years... Gabby has finally succumbed to the COVID. Uh, It's put a little bit of a wrench in our recording schedule because she is way too sick to record. So we are asking you for a little bit of patience this week because in lieu of a regular episode, you're going to have me giving you a quick little update on a previous case uh, that we covered back in January. And we hope we will be back on our regularly scheduled recordings very, very soon. I also am asking you to bear with me as I record this solo, which is sort of a strange experience. Uh, But now... Here is our update. So as I said, back in January of 2022, we brought you a little episode on Point Defiance Park. It was episode number 61. And I will say, if you have not listened to that episode, I would recommend pausing and going and having a listen, because even though I'm going to give you a little bit of a recap, it is not going to make tons of sense without listening to all of the details. So in 1986, Point Defiance Park in Tacoma, Washington, was the site of two murders. The first was Michaela Welch, 12 years old, who disappeared while watching her sisters on March 26 of 1986. Her body would be found late that evening, beaten, sexually assaulted, with both vaginal and anal trauma. The probable cause affidavit would say, at the time of discovery, the victim was lying on her back with her head turned to the left. Her arms were away from her body at approximately shoulder height. Her upper body was clothed, but her shirt had been raised just above her ribcage. The victim was not clothed from the waist down. Her pants and underwear had been pulled down and left around her right ankle. The cause of death would officially be blunt force trauma to the head. Her mother would later tell Dateline, I was in one of the police cars, and they told me they'd found her body. And you know when you say found a body, it's not a person. It's terrible. This was a hugely shocking crime for the community. It absolutely devastated the entire area. But five months later, there would be another murder. 13-year-old Jennifer Bastion was riding her bike in Point Defiance Park when she, too, would disappear. Now, it would be a few weeks before her body would be discovered in some brush, August 28th of 1986. She had been sexually assaulted and strangled to death. Now, it was a natural assumption at the time that the two cases were connected. Two girls, similar in age, in the same area, assaulted and murdered. It would be years before they were able to collect semen samples from the bodies and test them to find that it had not been one, but two separate killers. Now, despite having the samples, there were no matches to come from the DNA databases. In fact, there would be no more breaks in the case until 2018, when a match popped up in Jennifer Bastian's case a man named Robert Washburn. 
Even weirder was that Robert Washburn had called a tip-in on McKellar's case months before Jennifer's murder. Now, this is a detail we still don't really have more information on. Washburn would plead guilty to Jennifer's murder in 2020. He was sentenced to 27 years in prison. The next break would come from genetic genealogy, which showed a match in McKellar's case. It narrowed the sample down to two brothers. Detectives followed and retrieved a sample from a discarded napkin left at a restaurant, and a match was made to 70-year-old Gary Hartman, a former divorce nurse with two children of his own. Now, when we recorded this episode because of COVID, Hartman had not yet had a trial. In March of this year, 36 years after Michaela Welch was raped and murdered, her killer was finally brought to justice. Hartman was found guilty of first-degree murder during a bench trial that lasted less than two hours. He was sentenced to 26 years and six months in prison. At his age of 70, that means in all likelihood he will die there. Hartman cried during the verdict, saying, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. God knows I'm so sorry. That doesn't help. I'm just sorry. You know, it doesn't really help, nor do I care about his tears. McKella's mother was also unmoved, stating, I say lock him up and throw away the key. Her aunt, Linda McGuire, would say, Her murder was the worst and most devastating event in our family. There is a hole in our lives no one can fill. I wish this update was more happy, but uh, at least we have the fact that Michaela's murderer is officially off the streets for good, even if it feels like it was decades too late. I do continue to be impressed with the work being done in these cold cases, however, and hopefully we'll be able to provide more updates on some of these older cases in the future. And that brings us to Creepy Critics Corner. I'm sorry, Gabby, I'm not going to do the little singing. (laughs) Uh, Now, I'm going to have a lot to be covering over the coming weeks because 100 Days of Horror has officially begun. I have been watching the show Dark Winds on AMC. I'm only a couple episodes in, but I'm very much digging it. It follows the investigation of a bank robbery in New Mexico and how it overlaps with the investigation of a a murder of an indigenous girl on a local reservation. It's got a great cast. Uh, The story's interesting. It's apparently based, I think, on on a novel or a series of of novels. Uh, And it's just wrapped the first season and the rest of the episodes are sitting on my DVR, so hopefully I'll be able to finish during all of these horror films I am now watching, uh, which I saw one today. I went and saw Jordan Peele's new movie, Nope. Now, I was a big fan of his first two films. I really enjoyed the latest installment. It's definitely more sci-fi horror. It centers around a pair of siblings who run a, a horse training ranch in Hollywood, and they are trying to capture evidence that there's a UFO hanging out at their property. With his other films, uh, you know, there's a lot of humor, and the plot of this one feels really fresh. It has a little bit of kind of an old-school summer movie feel to it. It was a lot of fun. You got some really great performances. It is absolutely worth seeing in theaters if you are able to. 
So with that, thank you everyone for your patience as we miss a week of regular content. Uh, We will be back on our schedule soon with a new episode in your direction. As always, you can look for us on social media, Instagrams, Twitters, Facebooks. You know the links at this point. You can find us on Patreon if you feel like providing some monetary support. But honestly, sharing and reviewing and just spreading the word about our little podcast continues to very much help us. And we appreciate each and every one of you who reaches out, who leaves us a review or just a kind thing. Uh, Thank you so much. And with that, this is Kim signing off, wishing Gabby a very speedy recovery and reminding the rest of you to stay spooky. Spooky.